Hello and welcome to India Career Center, the one-stop podcast for students, professionals, parents and guardians. In every episode, we will try to deal with a current topic that needs expert advice related to career, career guidance and career mentoring. Please welcome your host Dr. S.P. Mishra to the show and happy listening. Welcome ladies and gentlemen to another episode on India Career Center. Today we have got a guest from Pune, Ms. Priya Kailad. Uh, she is the founder of uh, Karma Foundation. Karma Foundation started in 2018 in a very very small humble way. Now it is grown up into a full-fledged uh, hospital uh, for animal and uh, pets. um through this conversation basically i wanted our young children and young people to learn about this particular topic and understand how uh, this uh, profession is being run uh, today i think we will also learn about how a ngo operates because priya has started that journey uh, from scratch and brought to this level today priya welcome uh, during this conversation we will learn about a lot of topics which i am completely unaware so uh, everything you are going to talk about uh, will be learning for me and hopefully uh, through this conversation a lot of young children will get to know about uh, your subject a bit and uh, hopefully you can inspire a lot of young children uh, going forward to do something which you are doing or inspire them to do something which is Uh, complimenting to what you are doing already uh, so welcome uh, to the show uh, priya thank you for having me so uh, priya just want you to to talk about your early life early career early childhood uh, and and uh, where you have studied and things like that uh, just to get a perspective about how the the future has panned out for you uh, so over to you so um i come from a uh, south indian family and i've been in pune all my life i did my schooling from st joseph's in pashan i um, completed my um, junior college from simbiosis i also completed my graduation from simbiosis i completed a liberal arts course also from simbiosis fantastic and i also completed my uh, post graduation in child psychology okay i was working in um, in a school for specially abled children as a therapist okay. uh, for a few years and uh, my childhood has been uh, just as fun and as simple as um, as possible and i've had uh, parents who um, have been uh, very uh, supportive especially my mother she has been very supportive from a young age she would uh, teach me to be kind to animals you see a stray dog then she would buy me 5 rupees ka biscuit and say feed the dog you should be nice there's a bird that comes keep some water um then there's be a cat who used to keep coming outside our house and break the milk packets and my father used to get very angry that you know this cat is coming every day and breaking the milk packets and it's not good and uh, there used to be that whole uh, thing at home when i was a child that you know this cat is coming and it's not good and all of that and then um, my mother just asked me one day she said so now what is the solution to this this cat is coming every day and i was i was a very i was a young child 
So uh, she said, "There's this cat who's coming every day and he's taking the milk packets, and uh, dad is getting very angry about it. So what do you think we should do?" Okay. So I told her, uh, "Cat is coming and taking the milk packets because you know she is hungry. So we will leave some milk for her. So she won't take the packets." Makes so sense. So then my mother and I we started doing that. So basically, okay. my early influence, um, early life influence towards animals in general has been my mother. and uh, she has throughout been very 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 supportive of uh, all of this fantastic i mean if you if i look at your early uh, education your i mean the complete education the higher education was in a completely different field you said you did liberal arts you did child psychology uh, and things like that and you worked in a school for special needs children um so what at what point uh, things really got triggered to get into the ngo route because uh, as i understand as a ngo uh, you are associated with a movement uh, not for money really but you are associated with a movement uh, for the purpose or the uh, for a very specific purpose with the emotion uh, which is attached to it so uh, would you like to uh, say something about that so i have see there are two two things um, two two factors rather to this one is um, psychology has always interested me as a subject i have always been interested in it i have been interested in people um, how they think why are they doing certain things why are they behaving a certain way so that has been an interest that i've had but um, i knew for a fact that even growing up when i was in school um when i was in college i i just knew that animals were my calling um there's a huge difference between being interested in something and knowing that you are just born to do this and this is where you should be animals helping them and everything and anything to do with animals is just it's just been me So, at some point of time, you never really thought about taking up, uh, let's say, veterinary science, for example, uh, and be a professional in that. No, honestly, I wasn't very good at studies. Okay. I was a I was an average student, and uh, I I was really bad at uh, studying in school. I never got good grades. I never scored uh, very good marks. I would get scolded all the time. So I. <laughs> i wasn't interested in uh, pursuing uh, that as my education okay. but uh, yes i did fare well in psychology um, throughout like i was i got uh, first class distinction so i was good with that but uh, with respect to uh, pursuing veterinary medicine no i don't think so okay so i mean you excelled in psychology which means that you were good at studies so we cannot generalize i was good at studies but i was really bad at math and science which is oh, needed yeah. for veterinary yeah but then finally uh, you could arrive at your destination through whatever way but uh, uh, you took that plunge uh, based on your inner calling if i can call it yes. call it that yes. way chronologically if we think about it uh, you said you started uh, uh, the ngo uh, in 2018 so before that you were working in the uh, school as a specialist in the psychology so uh, what events or what chain of events actually triggered this so um i was uh, i was working in a in a school um, 
even just before karma happened i was still working i had a job and uh, it was it was getting very monotonous also and um, honestly speaking with respect to mental health awareness it's increasing in india now but it's not where it should be mm-hmm. um so there were a lot of challenges i was facing at work with the children and the parents and you know all of that one fine day what happened is um, so one fine day i was just talking to my mother in law and i uh, you know i was very frustrated with work and i i was home and all of that and um she she just said she said you know why don't you just quit your job and do this you you want to do this why don't you you're running around with animals here and there in your free time after your job you find a kitten on the road you're picking it up taking it to a doctor you're going to another ngo you're just running around your all over the place she said you need to structure your mind a little bit and follow your heart so she said just leave all this you are interested in it but your heart is resides and lives there where where is your heart at so she's the one who pushed me and um, she and my husband in fact they both are like you just go for it start your own thing start small but uh, you have to um, pursue your dream and that is your vision and that is where you're going to find your true happiness so that is how it was just a, a decision like that that was made at that point i thought it was a very impulsive decision that i took but i knew that i had um, them as a very strong support uh, for this decision you know whatever happens we'll see it was okay. that kind of a thing and um, my mother in law said just go for it start your own thing okay so two mothers influenced you one uh, yes. your own mother then the mother in law Yes, both the mothers influenced me. <laughs> That's very good, actually. So, uh, which which means that if mothers at home uh, are well educated and they are able to inculcate the good values on children, I think the society would be far better and and far yes. more constructive uh, society. Yeah. So that's a. yeah now coming to uh, the ngo itself so uh, tell us about uh, karma uh, what exactly how you started and uh, how the journey has been and how did you cope up uh, with the with the covid times uh, i know those were difficult times for uh, everyone uh, i'm sure you'd also gone through a, a challenging time yourself so take us through those journey actually so um, karma started off in 2018 in a small 200 square foot uh, room so my husband like i said has been my backbone throughout um so when when uh, this whole decision was made of you know me quitting my job and just doing something i was very lost i didn't know what to do i didn't know where to start i i just didn't know anything other than the fact that i have a strong force of people behind me who are backing me up who are supporting me and um, i thought basically my husband's office he emptied a small room for me and he said you know you start here because you don't have to pay pay the rent you know you you know uh, what you're getting into do it as a trial see if you're able to do it so uh, he gave me a small space of 200 square feet uh, karma was not registered at that time as an ngo and i bought a couple of uh, you know small cages and then i would uh, take care of injured cats 
then i thought of then i started kind of studying things around and uh, just gauging the whole situation of animal welfare in the city in general and i realized no one's doing cat sterilizations everyone's running after dogs then i set up a small uh, space in that in that small space i set up a smaller space for uh, sterilization of cats and tied up with an ngo another ngo who was already there at that time who was doing dog sterilizations and then i spoke to them and said okay i have this space and i want to start cats because no one is doing cats so can you you know send your team and help me sterilize these cats and then slowly i realized that with a small space of 200 square feet i realized okay these are my challenges that i'm facing here now if i want to make it bigger um and go beyond the 200 square feet what are the issues i'm going to face and what is the amount of money that i need for so it started off there and um slowly we started expanding and now we have a full fledged hospital a charitable hospital which is uh, uh 14000 square feet and um, if you visited a place um, any charitable human hospital in in your city or anywhere for that matter uh they have a charity unit also they have a private unit also uh, any charitable hospital uh, for humans i'm talking about so similarly i set up a charitable hospital for animals and um, as per me it's the, it's a state of the art facility we've got an operation theater which is fully equipped uh, we've got a diagnostics room uh, which has an x-ray it has a sonography it has a microscope Uh, it has a, a x-ray reader is got um, and we have separate wards for uh, different diseases like you have in human hospitals similarly i've set up wards for uh, animals as well infectious cases non infectious cases um, uh, fractures um, then critical care so we also have an icu set up all of that so uh, we've set that up plus we have an in house pharmacy we have an admin we have a separate ward for uh, sterilizing uh, like the abc ward animal birth control ward for cats um, so we have set up all of that it, and we also have a staff room so our um, handling staff lives in the hospital itself uh, our doctors don't live there but our handling uh, the lower staff lives in the hospital premises itself so um, we have set up like it's it's exactly how a human hospital is but it's for ants so there was this dog called julie uh, again the when i was uh, figuring out how to go about it in my husband's office in that 200 square feet space uh, in his office building itself um, uh, there there was this dog called julie and uh, she had delivered six puppies there was one more dog called kali who had delivered six puppies they both delivered around the same time so there were 12 puppies and two mothers and they had all delivered i mean they had both delivered the puppies uh, in the building itself so kali passed away because of a snake bite okay so her puppies uh, were um, you know orphaned so julie was one of a kind uh, she was just a very special dog she was one of a kind so she adopted the those six puppies as her own so she was now uh, she now was taking care of 12 puppies six of her own babies and six babies of the other mother who passed away and it was very painful to watch her uh, very frail very weak um, she was exhausted all the time because she was um, feeding 
12 puppies um and she she was not she, she was in a terrible condition so so i knew that julie required help then slowly the puppies also started passing away one by one and uh, in the end uh, there were only about eight or nine puppies left so um, when julie started looking really sick um i told my husband i said you know she is not looking good and we need to take her to the doctor or something and we need to you know get all the babies also checked uh, whether we need to deworm them if anyone's really sick what is wrong with the babies we need to put all of them in the car and take them we need to look for some facility who is going to help them and how are we going to finance uh, you know 13 dogs so then uh, we thought okay we'll approach an ngo to help us out so then i realized that all these ngos are so far away they are all located in the outskirts of the city and it's it becomes difficult if i have to as an individual if i have to transport 13 dogs um to a place which is say 20 kilometers from where i am it it does become a challenge especially if i am someone who doesn't have a car who doesn't have transport how am i going to take them how many trips can i make and if i have to keep going if there's something really wrong and if there is treatment that the dog requires daily and the doctor says ki you bring every day how am i going to go and come 20 kilometers one way then it becomes 40 kilometers how is that logistically possible at that time we were in the phase of um, of registering our own ngo and figuring things out as to where we want to be placed what is it that we are going to be providing what services do we want to offer um all of that and that's when i uh, told my husband i said listen we can't have it in the outskirts of the city even though the land is cheaper everything is cheaper we can't because as a as a citizen if i am facing this issue there are so many citizens who are going to face that issue yeah and if it is a critical case if it is an accident case by the time that dog who meets with an accident reaches 20 kilometers away it's probably not going to survive so um i told him you know we need to find a place that is located centrally which is easily accessible for the for the animal for the people so uh, that's how we just dropped the idea of uh, being located in the outskirts of the city and um, julie was one of the main uh, reasons why karma is located in the uh, you know is centrally located so okay. uh, Julie is always going to be a piece of our heart. Fantastic, yeah. Uh, how you have been able to get your funds to grow to this level? I think uh, in four years' time, if you have grown from two hundred square feet to fourteen uh, thousand plus square feet, uh, obviously a lot of money has been invested. So, how that journey has been, and uh, uh, tell us about how you are handling them now. what are the main issues you face initially of course we have put in a lot of our own personal savings into karma uh, we still do a lot of times um, but we have uh, we are fortunate to have uh, supporters and well wishers who uh, who are always there with us uh, have been a part of our journey um, have not left our side um, and during covid but it's been it has been it was rather very difficult it still is difficult and challenging because uh, covid just got over and is not over also 
and maybe done well with math and science so i could actually be uh, actually pursue uh, veterinary medicine Mm-hmm. that is one thing i would have done differently is concentrate on studies but uh, otherwise everything i am very happy with the way things are for me today and yeah and and possibly uh, one thing which comes out very clearly is that uh, as parents and young children i think we have to uh, go for what we are good at actually rather than you know doing something which is uh, required as per the society or, or or the norms i would say would you agree yes, i agree yeah the other thing which i would like to ask you is uh, since you have a full fledged office i mean hospital right now uh, with both the parts the charitable part as well as the the commercial unit if any young children who are looking at veterinary as their career path for future and they want to intern with you with your hospital for few days uh, will that be possible and uh, what what are the different things which we have to uh, understand about so we do have uh, internship programs for uh, veterinary students mm-hmm. but uh, since they are um, they've not received the degree yet they're still studying their students veterinary students i'm specifically talking about veterinary students uh, not mbbs because yeah. it doesn't fit in the program so uh, we do have internship programs for veterinary students where they can shadow our doctors they can understand how um, how we as a hospital are going about treating a particular patient a certain way what are the steps we follow how do we go about it because the way we function is very very different from from what another doctor would do or another organization would do it is very different i'm not saying that they are doing something wrong i'm just saying that we go about things differently okay. um, we do it step by step if a patient comes in then we we check the patient then we go into diagnostics then we you know like for example x rays we depending on the history since um, all these animals coming to uh, karma are stray animals straight off the road there is no history mm-hmm. um and the animal can't talk to you and tell you mere sath ye hua correct and the people bringing also don't know what has happened yes so um, for veterinary students and uh, budding vets like the new, newly graduated vets um, it is a very interesting place to work in and our place is a lot of fun um, we see a lot of uh, illnesses we do see deaths we see a lot of blood we see suffering but um, interns vet veterinary interns have a lot of scope uh, they should come they should intern with us they have a lot to learn um, they can have a change of perception as well with uh, how things are how they should be uh, in fact we've had veterinary interns who've come and um, suppose there's a case they've also given their suggestions their inputs so it's a lot of uh, brainstorming also that happens and it kind of opens up the mind right and typically how is there a stipulated time period for internship uh, we are looking for a minimum of at least 3 to 6 months for uh, a veterinary student to intern with us okay. because um, just coming on a saturday sunday and leaving again coming back on a saturday sunday 
see the thing what happens is when a patient comes in um suppose i am a veterinary student a patient comes in i am seeing the patient first time the patient has come and initially how was the patient and then that patient lives with us is hospitalized with us and then i am there only for two days i am not being able to i'm not you know there for the entire recovery so i'm not able to see the whole case through okay so that's not going to help it's not going to like how do i explain it's not going to uh, i understand the whole whole cycle of recovery cannot be seen. is not completed yes so that's why to help them in a better manner we say okay at least 3 to 6 months minimum 3 months intern with us the whole day one right. weekly off is fine although our hospital is working on all seven days we our hospital is not closed even for a single day even on a sunday it's open yeah but um, uh, we we request them that you know come for a minimum of three months in fact now we have started uh, training for uh, vets also because we started receiving so many requests from all over india of registered veterinary doctors mm-hmm. who have their own clinics who are established in their field in their respective cities mm-hmm. uh, we started receiving emails and calls from them that okay. you know we are following your cases online we are following you on social media and um, can i come and can you train me for so and so thing whether it is okay. orthopedics whether it is anesthesia whether it is surgery can i come and train that okay so now we started a program where we have um, a separate unit for training vets okay mm-hmm. so doctors come they live in pune and we have uh, different modules different uh, time durations um, like 15 days one week so we have different structured modules for uh veterinary doctors as per their request and requirement as well okay and they come they live in pune if they are not from pune they live in pune they are at the hospital the whole day and they are under training okay so uh, we have started that uh, now as well okay so 3 uh, to 6 months is a good time as you rightly said the only challenge could be that if uh, there are young people let's say who are in the 10th grade or 11th grade or 12th grade for them they, this 3 uh, month period could be little challenging uh, for them maybe some kind of 15 day period as an exposure to the field uh, will be useful i mean uh, of course uh, you you are the final authority to decide as to how to go about but this just a small suggestion if uh, you would like to help young children who are Uh, typically 10th grade is like a time period when somebody is trying to decide which way to go so uh, if they if somebody is able to you know intern with you for 15 days to understand how a veterinary uh, hospital works how a ngo works uh, would be a fantastic opportunity for the young people to understand on the job i think the, the, this is just a small suggestion if you can think of uh, later on if you want to adopt no we have had uh, students from uh, different schools um, just before their 10th 10th board exam um, the school has written to us and said that you know we have a batch of say uh, five students who have come to us requesting and they are interested in this so can we send them so the first thing we ask them is for parent consent because they are below 18 so we need a written consent from the parents um a is because uh, there are animals involved b is because um they 
may get bitten they may get scratched um uh, there can be uh, it's a hospital so there is infection around so uh, we need parental consent um c is that we don't allow such young children to handle the animals because yeah. they are patients they are in pain uh, they come with broken bones they are bleeding so when they are in pain they are defensive they can attack so uh, we don't allow such young children to handle uh, the animals um the batch of students of the age group that you are talking about that we had they were uh, they used to come and they were only allowed to observe what is happening you spend your day in observe what's happening and take down your notes and at the end of the day write down how did you feel how was your day did you feel sad did you feel happy did you feel motivated did you feel inspired um whatever whatever you went through the whole day uh, what was your favorite thing that happened what's the best was the highlight of your day what made you really sad uh, what made you upset what made you angry so these things uh, we have done uh, in the past but again like i said um, this was pre covid right children are just about getting vaccinated the cases are increasing in children so we are being careful about allowing children into the hospital at this point Okay. Because we don't want to be the reason why you know they might catch COVID or something like that. So as of now, we're just being careful about um, okay. interacting with children unless they are vaccinated, and we have parental written consent. But uh, yes, like you mentioned, we have had this program in the past and it has worked. Um, but we also need the children to be patient because in today's time, it's the Gen Z. I know. so uh, they are not very uh, patient observant of things they want everything fast yeah and you know okay i saw this now i can't i do that why can't i touch this that patience and tolerance is not there is a lot of impatience when we have children like young adults i wouldn't even call them children when we have young adults who come in uh, we tell them you know you are going to be here for 15 days and just observe and you're going to take down notes and you're going to go back home and discuss with your parents about how your day was like what was it like and let allow them to guide you with what you should be doing ahead okay so uh, we've had this in the past it has worked but uh, again it is challenging to uh, deal I with it now which i can completely understand i think what has also happened is because of the covid a uh, lot of children have got adapted to the screen time and yes uh, getting clued to the screen more often so that's a challenge i think we have to uh, i mean i got two young children at home as well i mean they are young adults i would say <laughs> 15 16 year old uh, kids so uh, we have to find a way has how to use the technology and uh, not be part of the technology so that that's a challenge i think all yeah all parents have to go through i guess uh, for the next one or two years yes. and uh, hopefully the covid will stabilize and even if the new waves of covid comes probably the uh, the medical field is now advanced quite a bit i think uh, they will be able to bring more adaptive vaccinations much faster so hopefully we'll not have two years of uh, complete lockdown which unfortunately created a lot of havoc um so priya uh, what is the future plan for karma uh 
future plan is to uh, target Mughal Maharashtra. Mm-hmm. There are a lot of lot of NGOs in uh, Pune who are doing very good work, and um, I don't think I have it in mind to start um, another unit of karma in any other city as of now. Uh, I would like to touch rural Maharashtra, the villages. Uh, the villagers love their animals. They they love them. They take care of them like their own child. Uh, but medical facilities are not there uh, like they should be uh, in rural India. So the immediate plan, if we do get a funding, and if we have someone uh, who is able to support the work that we do, uh, I would definitely want to help uh, the villages in Maharashtra. Okay, so uh, so currently it is just a blueprint on the on the pint right now. I think uh, you yes. still have to get the funding which is required and and we have problem. A plan. We have a plan ready. We have everything ready, a project report and everything is ready. Okay. Um, and Pune is my home. So uh, Karma and Pune is a pilot project. Uh, we've seen, we've had villagers coming to us uh, from different talukas that are located close to Pune as well uh, with their goats. They come to us with their dogs, with their cats. There is a lot of, um, um, I wouldn't say ignorance, I would say lack of uh, awareness when it comes to things like rabies, the importance of vaccinations, uh, importance of sterilization. So there is a lack of awareness. And every time we have uh, villagers coming in with their animals to our hospital, we try and educate them. We try and talk to them about it. And they are very open-minded. They are very happy to have a long conversation. They have hundreds of questions. And uh, they leave the hospital... Uh, very satisfied. The next thing now, my next calling is rural India, rural Fantastic. Maharashtra. Yeah, yeah, good, good. I think uh, uh, once you establish yourself in the rural Maharashtra, and maybe somebody who is going to watch this uh, or, or listen to our podcast will probably approach you and and uh, and would like to collaborate with you and expand uh, Kar- the Karma Foundation elsewhere. Uh, who knows? Uh, the opportunities or options are uh, many, I would say. We are almost uh, done uh, with our conversation. I would like you to uh, talk to the uh, the potential uh, funding agencies or the potential donors who, who might be listening to this podcast or listening to us or, or watching us on this YouTube channel. Uh, maybe you would like to say something about your uh, organization and, and would you like to say a few words about how you're going to utilize their money um, if they are able to kind enough to support you with their funding? So I would just like to request um, everyone to um, go through our pages on social media, on Instagram, Facebook, on Twitter and um, support us with the work we're doing because we are trying really, really hard to make uh, that huge difference uh, in the lives of these animals. Um, We are doing everything that we can and uh, we really, really, really and desperately need uh, your support to be able to uh, do what we're doing. And um, 
you can you can be the one to help us um, touch rural maharashtra i don't think anyone has uh, done that yet i the the medical units in uh, the villages there is no private entity that has entered rural maharashtra as far as i know and uh, if you have your support we'll be able to do that and we'll be able to make the lives of the villagers uh the animals in the villages uh, better yeah absolutely i i sincerely wish that uh, uh this conversation reaches out to the potential donors who uh, will connect with you and and uh, give all the generous support uh, for a wonderful cause i think uh, this is something which is uh, absolutely necessary uh, one last thing which i uh, you know wanted to ask you you mentioned about the human animal conflict and uh, i see more and more uh, monkeys i mean you go anywhere in india you find uh, the monkeys are actually migrating from the jungles into the towns and cities and in some places they are like a big menace uh, i know uh, as a ngo probably they are not easily accessible uh, uh, as an animal to really handle uh, and and take care of uh, the the sterilization process but any thoughts of yours i think i would like to say that instead of um, i mean the what you said with them invading into the cities i think we are invading into their space and that's how they are doing. i agree um also it is not advised to feed wildlife you see a monkey you don't feed it that monkey is not going to live and we have to let the wild be wild mm-hmm. never ever ever feed wildlife mm-hmm. if you are going to feed them they are not going to go you can't feed them invite them and then ask them to get out okay um feeding wildlife in temples uh, when we go on vacation on the highways we see monkeys we see um different types of monkeys actually especially in temples also yeah um never feed them you're not to feed wildlife that's a thumb rule okay. so just let them be wild let them be they will live on their own and they will find their own yeah the basically they are looking for food and wherever yes. they are getting it easily they are being uh, yes. they are just going there if we are reinforcing it and we are feeding it we can't complain about it okay. we shouldn't complain about it if we are we are inviting them right by feeding them okay so nice then... one <laughs> okay great uh, priya i think uh, it was uh, fantastic talking to you and yes. uh, learning about uh, how ngo operates how a veterinary hospital operates and uh, how you have gone through your journey uh, in terms of transforming yourself from a, a teaching professional to leading a ngo from the front from the scratch to whatever level you have brought it to now and uh, looking at future growth so uh, so i really wish you and karma foundation a lot of uh, success thank you and i sincerely wish that karma foundation can over a period of time also open opens up in uh, other parts of india as well so that uh, the the stray animals are
taken care and the due due care is given to those animals and through, through this conversation i sincerely wish that uh, young people who have interest or inclination for veterinary as a subject i think this is uh, very very interesting and if you have that empathy the feeling the 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 willingness to really work uh, for the um uh, for the pets and and animals um so please do connect and, and check out all the social media sites of uh, karma foundation and if you are in pune probably it's very easy for you to intern as well for few days uh, get in touch with them and find out how you can do that and uh, yeah look forward to a good uh, career decision for you so priya thank you so much uh, to invest your time with us and and uh, i sincerely wish great success thank you so much thank you hope you enjoyed this episode we sincerely wish you could take something from our conversation today and be able to apply it to your life in a positive way we value your feedback This can help us improve our future episodes. So share your thoughts to serve you better. If you want us to focus on a topic which you think is of importance, let us know. We will share our expertise in future episodes. So, see you soon with a new topic and help you in your career journey.